Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Good morning, everybody. So good to see everyone. Sorry, well, having some technical difficulties over here. For some reason, Zoom kept kicking me out this morning, and then I have no sound. So we're in now. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. So happy Wednesday, everyone. So excited to be on with all of you. Uh, it is a beautiful early morning. The birds are chirping right outside my window. It is wonderful <laughs> to be awake and alive today. Uh, just a couple quick announcements for all of you before we dive into Joshua 12 today. Uh, so today we have worship and prayer at 9 a.m. So uh, if you're not working, if you're not in the office, you know, driving around, taking care of kids, grandkids, uh, we would love, love, love to see you at 9 a.m. today. Uh, there's just nothing like pressing into the presence of Jesus, uh, and worship and prayer is the best place to do it at. We also have Heart for the House coming up this Saturday at 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. So Heart for the House is where we get to uh, just serve the you know serve the house through loving on the building, caring for uh, what God has entrusted to us. So uh, I would encourage you, if you're free this Saturday, we would love to see you over there at Heart for the House. Um, you know, we have a, it, a lot of the stuff that we're doing now is to prepare for what God is doing in the future. So, you know, our last Heart for the House, we cleared out one of the rooms inside of the church so we could prep for our build out. So if you're free, we would love to see you there. And of course, coming up this Sunday, come on, dads, it is Father's Day we cannot wait to honor you. We cannot wait to celebrate you. Uh, you know, we're so grateful for our dads at the house in Fusion Church. You know, it's one of those things of uh, I pray for dads avidly because in so many ways, the enemy has tried to cut off as what the Bible calls the head of the house. Right. And many times when you cut off the head of the house and redirect it, you know, we notice that uh, the family starts to become incomplete. So we are so grateful for you, dads. In the same way, you know, we're grateful for moms. We celebrated you. Now we're so excited to uh, celebrate dads and uh, we'll be covering you dads in prayer. All right. So diving in. Joshua chapter 12 today. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. So I hope you're ready to buckle up. I hope you're ready to stretch it out, get nice and loose, and get ready to dive into today's soap. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much that we get to come together uh, by so many different means. That Lord, you know, uh, uh, not long ago, we wouldn't even have the option of Zoom video online to get together to gather around your word. So God, we're grateful today that we have options. We have avenues that we can come together and seek the face of Jesus and the heart of the Father. So Holy Spirit, I pray, let the seed of this word go deep into our hearts tonight. And Lord, I pray that your seed, your word, would find fertile soil inside of us today in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. All right, come on. 
Joshua chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It says, These are the kings east of the Jordan River who have been killed by the Israelites and whose land was taken. Their territory extended from the Arnon Gorge to Mount Hermon and included all the land east of the Jordan Valley. King Sihon of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, was defeated. His kingdom included Arar on the edge of the Arnon Gorge and extended from the middle of the Arnon Gorge to the Javik River, which serves as a border for the Ammonites. This territory included the southern half of the territory of Gilead. Sihon also controlled the Jordan Valley and the regions to the east, from as far north as the Sea of Galilee to as far south as the Dead Sea, including the road to Beth Jermoth and southward of the slopes of Pisgah. King Og of Bashan, the land, uh, the last of the Jephazites, uh, lived at Ashtaroth and Edri. He ruled a territory stretching from Mount Hermon to Saleh in the north and all of Bashan in the east and westward to the borders of the kingdom of uh, Geshur and Makkah. This territory included the northern half of Gilead as far as the boundary of King Sihon of Heshbon. Moses, the servant of the Lord. Maybe that's the first name you're recognizing so far. <laughs> Moses, the servant of the Lord. Uh, and the Israelites had destroyed the people of King Sihon and King Og. And Moses gave the land as possessions to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half, uh, the half-tribe of Manasseh. The following is the list of the kings that Joshua and the Israelite armies defeated on the west side of the Jordan. From Baal-Gad in the Valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak, which leads up to Sire. Joshua gave this land to all the tribes of Israel as their possession, including the hill country, the western foothills, the Jordan Valley, the mountain slopes, the Judean wilderness, and the Negev. The people who lived in this region were the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. These are the kings Israel defeated. The king of Jericho, the king of Ai near Bethel, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmoth, the king of uh, Lashus, the king of Eglon, the king of Gezar, the king of Debir, the king of Geder, the king of Hormah, the king of Arad, the king of Libna, the king of Adalim, the king of uh, uh, Makeda, the king of Bethel, the king of Tapa, the king of Heber, the king of Apeth, the king of Lashron, the king of Madden, the king of Mahazar, the king of Shimron Meron, the king of Ashbeth, the king of Tanah, the king of Megiddo, the king of Kadesh, the king of Jokneum uh, in Carmel, the king of Dor in the town of Napath Dor, the king of Goyim in Gilgal, the king of Terzah. In all, 31 kings were defeated. Okay, wow. You're, I'm really, really, really getting my Hebrew tested today. My goodness. <laughs> I, uh, I'll be honest, when I was reading this chapter yesterday, I started thinking to myself, ooh, I, I might just call on somebody to read this chapter for me, and I'll just do the soap, and I just want to hear them say the Hebrew names. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, these chapters are so challenging, yet so good at the same time. So this whole chapter, Joshua chapter 12, uh, is a recap of Joshua's chapter 1 through 11. So, you know, a lot of like the book of Deuteronomy, uh, different areas inside of the Bible, they will lump up 
you know, let's say a vast amount of time and try and just put it into a chapter, maybe a few chapters, just so we can recap what God did and look back in a very short little span of, okay, this is like the table of contents of the battles, right? So if I were to look at this, it's like, okay, this is the table of contents of the victories of God inside of the promised land, right? The point of Joshua chapter 12 is that it's to communicate the passing on of God's legacy. So God doesn't just list things to list things. You know, believe it or not, God always has a why behind the what. He always has a purpose behind what he's putting in his word. There's always a reason, right? God doesn't just do things flippantly. You know, I don't think uh, God is all just blase, blase. You know, he has reasons as to why he does things. So this chapter is to pass on the legacy of victory that God had done inside of his promised land through his promised people. You know, inside of the chapter, while it just says, all right, these are the kings that they defeated, what we're really seeing is chapters of where, or a, a passage where God was scattering enemies to the north, south, east, and west. You know, there were people that would run just from hearing the name of God. As the, as the Israelites were marching forward in the promised land, they were hearing about how the victories of God, like it was renowned. His name was famous. The victories were famous. And as people would hear that, okay, these Israelites that serve this God, this Yahweh, this Jehovah, they would begin to totally desert cities and leave places because they didn't want to go up against this God. And those who did would ultimately lose. And this whole chapter is just communicating what God did. It's kind of like... Uh, it's almost parallel to Joshua chapter four, which I know we read recently and soaked recently. Joshua chapter four stated how God wanted the people of Israel to put memorial stones inside of the Jordan River. If you remember, after they crossed over the Jordan into the promised land, uh, uh, Joshua told the 12 tribes of Israel, grab a memorial stone, put it in the river. These are a remembrance to you that when you look at them, you can tell the younger generations, this is how God got us here. We didn't just wake up in the promised land one day. We had to travail for the promised land. And we also had to cross the threshold. You see, it was a remembrance of what God did in them and for them. That's Joshua 12. It's a big recap. Just to remind us of what God has done, his power, and his relationship. You know, we can view Joshua 12 as, uh, right, the remembrance and account, but it's also, you know, almost like a short list, a short journaling of God saying, hey, when you forget the victories I've won, you forget the battles that I won, because let's be honest, I forget sometimes, you know, when I'm going through my day and I start to get frustrated because the little things don't work, right? The Zoom doesn't work when I'm trying to log in, right? Uh, all of a sudden, the car starts to give me issues on the drive in, right? All of a sudden, like the little tiny issues that happen, sometimes we just have to remember the victories of God, which is why Joshua 12 exists. And Joshua 12 also exists just so they could pass on the legacy of God to a younger generation. You see, God uses this chapter to say, hey, younger generation, next generation, the ones that didn't live through the battles, this is what I did for you so you could live in the promised land that I promised, right? This is why I love the word of God, church. This is why I love just reading the Bible. Because there's so much that God has done inside of his word that I don't even know about yet, right? There are so many things that uh, still have to be accessed. There's so many areas of the heart of God that we haven't even tapped into yet. 
that without his word, we would never know it's even there, right? I keep this book on me almost all the time. And it is called, well, I should say like with my Bible, it's called the Jesus Person Pocket Promise Book. Love my little pocket promise book, this little tiny thing. Inside of this book is a list of 800 promises that God has made us. And I view this book so much like I view Joshua chapter 12. It is the remembrance and list of the victories and promises of God. You know, because there are so many times, and I please tell me I'm not alone today. Whether we're listening right now, we're listening to the podcast later, please tell me I'm not alone. I will forget God's promises for my life. So often, I'm human, I'm flesh and blood, right? Uh, I probably get more impatient, that, like, right? That's probably my thing. I get a little more impatient. All of a sudden, the people are starting to rub me the wrong way, right? Someone cut me off in Wawa, Jesus help me. <laughs> they almost rear-ended me. They didn't see me coming, right? Uh, uh, someone slammed their brakes in the middle of traffic, and I wonder if Jesus loves them or if this is the thorn in my side yet, right? Uh, sometimes I just have to remind myself that peace and patience belong to me by the fruit of the Holy Spirit right? These are just promises that God has made. And maybe uh, it's not so like, you know, menial and trivial, because let's be honest, if the biggest problem we have in our life is that someone cut us off at Wawa, or if our shopping store or grocery store was out of our favorite, you know, coffee brand, if those are our biggest problems, we're doing pretty good, right? Sometimes what we face is even greater problems than that. Because the Israelites, when they were crossing into the promised land, uh, they're facing things like, hey, how are we going to eat? You know, what are we going to do with, uh, let's say, all the mindsets and stresses that we picked up inside of the wilderness, right? We know this is a younger generation that, that you know, it didn't exactly come out of Egypt, but they were raised, you know, very young inside of the, the wilderness for crossing over. But many times we just have to be reminded that there's a God who sees us, right? And, and I don't know about you, church, but I have to go back into the word of God to see people like Hagar right? Abraham's uh, mistress, Sarah's servant, right? The one that that uh, they uh, Sarah gave Abraham to have a daughter or not a daughter, to have a son with, have a child with. And Hagar was being mistreated, was pregnant with her master's son, runs away and says, I am done with this, totally hits abort from all of it. And maybe you kind of feel like Hagar today, like you want to know what the stress of life is too much. My spouse is driving me crazy. If he does this one more time, Lord, help me. <laughs> if she tells me to pick up my socks one more time, Lord, help me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? When, when we want to just hit abort, we want to run, distress. Maybe your boss at work is driving you insane, is nitpicking, nagging every last little detail. Maybe it's just family, your brother, sister. You know, you've been dealing with the same arguments for 30, 40, 50, 60 years with the same sibling, right? And sometimes we have to be reminded of what Hagar said when she was sitting at the at the uh, at the oasis, right? El Roy, you are the God who sees me. I am never alone with you. You see me right where I am. And we don't know these promises, church, Fusion Church. We don't know these promises until we open up the Word and we say, God, I need to know who you are and who you are to me in this season, right? Maybe it's just provision. Like I need providing for right now. My, I love the Lord, but I need my bills paid, right? <laughs> well, it's sometimes I have to be reminded just in the same way Abraham uh, said, right? Jehovah Jireh, you are the God who provides. This is why I love soaping, Fusion Church. This is why I love just diving into the word 
and seeing the victories of Jesus that we see inside of right here where all the kings are defeated. Because hear me, ready? You serve a victorious God. You have a relationship with a victorious God. Jesus does not lose. <laughs> That's what I absolutely love. He does not lose. He hasn't lost before and he's not going to lose again or, or he will never lose at all. You know, when, uh, uh, when Jesus went to the cross 2000 years ago, this was the moment where the enemy thought he had actually won, right? So, you know, Good Friday happened. And I'll tell you what, if the worst day in human history can be called good, your worst day could be called good someday too. Good Friday happens, Silent Saturday rolls around. And the Bible tells us on Silent Saturday that Jesus actually went down into the abyss. And when he went down there, he let everyone inside of hell know, right? This is who I am and the victory belongs to my God. And each time we look on the face of Jesus, call on the name of Jesus, victory belongs to each and every one of us. Just like the Israelites who were marching through the promised land, obtaining the promises of God for each and every one of them. So hear me, you are victorious today. And maybe you're like me. And I just have to dive into the promises of God just to remind myself how victorious I really am, right? Uh, now, I want to kind of ask a question, but challenge at the same time this morning. You know, in a chapter like this, uh, it's hard to like get into some verses, break down some verses and like, you know, analyze. So I'm going to just be covering kind of the broad topics of this chapter right here and then just diving in a little bit. But again, the, one of the big purposes, like the why behind the what of this chapter was to pass down the legacy and history of God to the next generation. So while it existed as a reminder for the current generation, really the purpose was to pass it on to the next generation. So I kind of want to ask a couple questions here, because while I love the promises of God, the promise of God, the love of Jesus, the mercy, the grace of God always deserves to be shared. And I got an amen from everybody right there. Come on, somebody. You know, I used to live, uh, and some of you may know this area. It's actually where our beloved Nick Filoni lives. Uh, I used to live in a place uh, called Williamstown. So absolutely, uh, you know, never really, I, how do I put this? Um, I'd say in where I would normally live, I'm probably more of like a city person. You know, it's just who I am. Like, I would love, like, I love the fast pace. I, I love to be around that kind of like way of life. Uh, I grew up, you know, about 10, 15 minutes right outside of Philly most of my life. You know, I just kind of like moved areas around Philly. And, and, you know, I loved it. I love city life. I love just being able to hop on like a Patco train and just go over the bridge and hop over. You know, it's just like, it's it's my kind of DNA. I love downtowns where I could walk down downtown and grab a cup of coffee from the mom and pop shop or, you know, Starbucks or for some of us, you know, blueberry coffees at Wawa. Come on, blueberry coffee, right? All the fun stuff. Um, uh, now I moved to Williamstown because I was pastoring a church for a while. And for those of us who don't know Williamstown, uh, it is farm town on farm town, uh, next to the farm is the farm, you know? <laughs> and, and it was like such a weird dynamic. I was like, Lord, where have you sent your servant? You know, <laughs> like I was like, Hagar, like, God, please tell me you see me Elroy, you know, <laughs> you see me here. Right. 
uh, but it, it was still cool. You know, I, I, I love the people there. I love the different demographic because ultimately everyone needs to hear the mercy, grace, love of Jesus. Right. So we're in this place called Williamstown and I'm, I'm, it's not that far from where we are. So I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, uh, however, I was there and I found this breakfast spot. And I mean, like if I could find a good restaurant in that area, I was telling everybody about it because we kind of had like Applebee's, Applebee's and Wawa, <laughs> you know, and then McDonald's down the road. So when you found like a good place to eat, it was like, Jesus, really Elroy, God, you see me. Right. So I find this good breakfast spot. It's called the Breakfast Nook. They had all homemade stuff. They were like fresh graduates out of Rowan that wanted to start a business. Like, you know, it, it was kind of funny. It was like the frat house made a restaurant and made a business. It was so cool. And, you know, homemade hollandaise. Uh, uh, they fresh baked their bread every morning. Really cool stuff. Went there, ate, fell in love with it. And church, what did I do after I fell in love with it? I got everybody and anybody and took them to this breakfast spot. Every meeting I had for church going forward after that was at this breakfast spot. If you wanted to see me, you would see me there. The church office, absolutely not. You'll catch me at the breakfast nook, <laughs> right? You need counseling, great. How does this sound over eggs, Benedict, right? <laughs> um, uh, but it, here's what happened. I tasted something good and I wanted to share it with everyone that I knew. Doesn't that kind of sound like the essence of the gospel though? I tasted something amazing. I experienced the best thing I could ever experience. The mercy, the peace, the freedom, the love of God. And how could I sit here and hold it back from everyone? If I could share what's good, right? If I could share a, a good breakfast, about a good restaurant, you know, so many of us, hey, this is a, a good website or this is a good brand to buy. If I could share what's good concerning this world, why couldn't I, why can't I share the best news, the good news that has to do with not something that's temporal, but something that is eternal, right? And I want to challenge you today, you know, where are you passing on this love of Jesus? This is why I love investing inside of youth. Well, I love investing in the next generation. And, and I'll share with you guys, we had a bombshell of a night this past Monday. Uh, we did what we call Level Up. So we are uh, a youth ministry that runs from sixth grade to 12th grade. At some point, at some point, we have to welcome in the fifth graders and bite the bullet on their energy. <laughs> we love we love our fifth graders. But, you know, they're still fifth graders and they, you know, Jesus loves them, but we we just need more love for, from Jesus for them sometimes. Right. But uh, we welcomed in our fifth graders and we were so excited to have them there. And we had 15 or excuse me, 16 fifth graders cross the threshold into Fusion Youth this past Monday. And I mean, it was astronomical, the amount of just young people we had running around the building. At one point, I was kind of like, all right, you know. We're, we're going to need a little more like space and a lot more leaders, <laughs> you know, as they were uh, all racing each other through inflatable obstacle courses, diving as far as they could. I, I thought someone was getting injured. I had 911 on speed dial the whole night. <laughs> but right. This is why I love investing inside of the youth, because the next generation needs to know things like Joshua chapter 12. They serve a victorious God in their anxiety right in their depression in their moments of because think about 
for them, what's a moment and a time period for us is a lifestyle for them. I was at an eighth grade graduation last night and the speaker got up and said, you know, some of us might be thinking like, oh, it's eighth grade, they graduated. And for you, it's a moment to celebrate for, but for them, it's their life. This is the first time they're ever experiencing this. And it was this subtle reminder of, you know, whenever we communicate the love of Jesus, this might really be the first time they're ever experiencing the passing down of his legacy. And that's why it's so important to invest. And I just want to ask you, you know, where are you investing right now? Because we really need to be sharing the seed of the word of God where it meets good soil. And there's so many different ways to go ahead and invest inside of the younger generation, invest inside of people, because, you know, you might not be called to kidsmen, right? Fusion kids, the rock stars over there, Pastor Sean leading that team and pioneering new ground inside of Fusion kids. You might not be called to Fusion youth where it is an absolute party every Monday. I understand. We love you in spite of that. We still love you. <laughs> but there are so many ways to invest in people hearing about the promises, love, mercy of Jesus. And one of the ways of investing is time, right? There's the three T's of investment, the three T's of our life, right? Time, treasure, and talent. Uh, time is such a big place that we could invest in. You know, uh, when I have, whenever I talk to people, especially inside of like the U.S. and in our culture, uh, our time is absolutely maxed out. Like, could anyone on here say, hey, I could really use more time right now? Like 24 hours in a day, by the way, hey, aren't enough for me. Uh, I think I could easily do 48 and I probably still wouldn't get everything I need to done. <laughs> like I, I, I've been, I've been knocking at the list for a long time now, and the list doesn't seem to get any shorter. Uh, I don't know who keeps adding stuff. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, my pastor or my wife yet, or if it's the Lord Himself. But that list just doesn't seem to get any smaller. And somebody said, "Amen." <laughs> uh, but here's the like the list never stops, and I always need more time. I, I rarely meet anyone who says, "Hey." I have time on my hands. Let me help. I, and I'm like, you have time? How did you get there? <laughs> like, I'm like trying to get the recipe. Like, how'd you get there? You know, like, how did you find this breakfast spot? <laughs> like, really trying to figure out this good news, right? Uh, uh, but what, what I started uh, discovering is, you know, okay, my time, I we invest in so many places. We put it in so many places. And, and really, you know, we make time for what we value, you know, and that's just the truth. You know, I value my wife. That's why when she adds things to my list, I, I put them at the top. You know, I, I'm handling these quickly. Uh, but I, I want to tell you, in the way we handle our time, I want the Lord to have first dibs on my time. I, uh, you know, are, are, you, are you hearing me today? I, I really want God to have the first say in how I'm spending my time during the day, which is why I, you know, I really honor so many of you uh, because truly from the bottom of my heart, I, I hop on soap with you guys when I, when I do soap, you know, uh, I may listen to a podcast here and there later on, but you guys decide to take the first of your day, the 6am and say, yeah, I'm going to give God my first today. And I honor all of you for that, you know, inside of your time. But I also want to just add on the back end of that. So you're giving God your first in devotion. In our time, we also want to try and give God our first in serving, you know, because we want to love God, but we also have to love people. You know, it's a double-edged sword and we want to have a sharp sword on both ends. So I want to encourage you to hop on a team today. You know, uh, it kind of gives like some plugs because we have so many places to just hop in and onboard into what God is doing and really serve the kingdom of God here at Fusion Church. 
you know, we have an incredible GX team. Our GX team kills it every single Sunday. I like I walk around enamored when I see the greeters loving on people the way they love on them. When I see hospitality and next steps, you know, taking helping people take that next step inside of life and inside of their faith. And like it, it, it gets me emotional as I walk through our lobbies on Sunday morning of both of our locations and just see people stepping into faith. Right. But we want to be a part of what God is doing. And maybe GX isn't your thing and it's OK. But there's a worship team. If you know how to sing, <laughs> sing, dance, or play an instrument. If you do love teenagers, I'm your person. If you love the younger kids, Pastor Sean, right? Outreach, Heather would love to connect with you. Connect groups, if you want to be a connect group leader, right? There's so many ways and so many places to invest your time into the kingdom of God and what the Lord is doing here at Fusion Church. And kind of give a really good practical, this Saturday, like this Saturday coming up is Heart for the House. It is an incredible place just to get on-ramped into and give God some of our time, right? I, I've never regretted giving God a few hours of my time, ever, like at any point in time, you know? And of course, like, you know, what I'm sharing is we want to make sure our families are cared for. Like, I'm not saying neglect your spouse, neglect your kids, grandkids, any of that. Like, we want to love our family, but I've never regretted giving God my time. Every time I finish, I always feel more rewarded than when I walked in. Every time I'm done, right, on, on a Monday night serving youth, serving teams, on a Sunday morning, right, doing transitions, uh, serving some of you guys, serving uh, first-time guests, I never feel like, oh, I shouldn't have get, given God my time today. I'm always more rewarded walking out serving than I was walking in. So we can invest our time. Number two, our treasure, as, as we start to close here, our treasure. You know, I love talking about money. I don't know if it's like the, right, we did our assessments. It takes all of us this past February where I still on ramping people in our assessments. Like even today, I'm doing one to somebody. Uh, you know, when I took my assessments, I came back as a type eight, like the protective challenger. I don't know if it's the confrontational side of me that loves talking about money, uh, but it's such a fun topic to me. Uh, but I want to challenge you guys and question, hey, you know, where where's your money at today? You know, we just want to live blessed. You know, we don't necessarily believe in like the, the hyper prosperity, but we want to live blessed by God. And the way to live blessed inside of our treasure, our finances is giving God our first, the tithe, the first 10% of what we have, right? Because God owns everything. He owns all of the money in my bank account. And what he says is, hey, if I own 100% of it, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you 90% back and I'm going to keep the 10, right? So for me, I want to live blessed in my finances because where your money is, your, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So I'm going to go ahead and invest financially into the kingdom of God. And I'm also going to give above and beyond. You know, Shannon and I, uh, my my wife and I, we decided to write out a list of values for our life a while ago. And one of them circles around generosity. You know, we say we love giving up. Uh, we love giving up things we love for things we love more. Because we love the kingdom of God more than I love my cup of coffee in the morning. I love the kingdom of God more than the sizzly in the morning. And somebody said, Amen. Right. Because the coffee and sizzly at this point is like seven dollars and some change. And you want to know what? I think I'd rather just eat at home and invest in the kingdom of God 
then take $7 and invest in the kingdom of Wawa? And the church said, yes. <laughs> but when we give above and beyond, we're investing inside of God's economy. And in God's economy, he always pays back somehow. God rewards in his economy 30, 60, 90, 100 fold. I cannot tell you how many times I decided to give sacrificially out of my treasure, out of what God has entrusted to me. And God went ahead and uh, sowed back into me significantly more than what I sowed into the kingdom. So I want to encourage you, where is your treasure at today? And then number three, your talent, your talent, your talent. So your time, your treasure, and your talent right? Where are we investing today, passing on legacy today, just like Joshua chapter 12? You are gifted, each and every one of you. If you did not do the assessments uh, uh, inside of uh, It Takes All of Us, I strongly encourage you take those assessments because in there was the spiritual gifts test. You should discover how you're gifted. God has wired you a special way. God has gifted you with unique gifts that guess what? I don't have. Hey, hi, hello. Uh, I'm a limited human being, which like hurts me to say, but like, I'm not Superman. I can't do it all. I wish I was Superman. I wish I could do it all, <laughs> but I'm not. Uh, you are gifted in ways that I'm not. Uh, and each one of us need each other. So you have talents, right? Right. First Corinthians 12 gifts, of the Holy spirit that God has given you wired you a certain way, even in the way that you think. Sometimes you might look at like life and a system and be like, this thing is an absolute mess because God has given you a gift of administration. You may walk into a room and start thinking, oh man, this right here, like there's no one warm in this room. I don't feel anyone's heart inside of this room. Like, you know, no one seems friendly in here. Why? You have a gift of hospitality <laughs> and God wants to use that gift to bless people and pass on his legacy of victory to each and every one of them. So I want to encourage you, invest in people today. Pass on the legacy of God, just like Joshua chapter 12 talks about. I know we didn't dive into any like specific verses today, but it's such a broad scoped overview of a chapter that I thought it'd be good to have a broad scoped overview discussion today, just to talk about, you know, the why behind the what and the purpose behind the text that God intended. And I just want to encourage you today, you serve a God of victory. And this God of victory wants to be victorious inside of your life and lead you into your own personal promised land as you continue to seek him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Come on. And everybody said, amen. Now let's pray. Father, thank you for each and every person on here right now, for everyone listening to the podcast later on, that God, you have made us victorious. And God, even inside of this victory, uh, Lord, you want us to live that out in so many different ways. And that comes in passing on the legacy. In the same way that you're passing on the legacy of victory to us, Lord, I just pray that you would give us boldness, courage, strategy, open doors, avenues, divine appointments today to pass on the legacy of the cross, the message and good news of Jesus that we know that there is a God who loves us, sent his son to die for us so that we can have a relationship with you. So God, I pray, challenge us today. Give us a nudge in the right direction that we need to go to. And Holy Spirit, I just pray, come and have your way in each and every one of us. 
And we ask this and pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Come on. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. All right. God bless you all. I love you. Have a great, great Wednesday.